Uh, well, it's so nice to meet you. Tell me where you where, where are you right now? Um, are you in California or a different state? I live in New York. Oh, you're in New, New York. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and these sessions are really whatever you kind of need it to be regarding your manifestation. So I'm just going to let it, you know, you can have it be whatever you need. So let me know wherever you want to start. Yeah, sure. I guess, um, so I am such a fan. Um, I sound like a fangirl, but whenever I hear you on the expanded podcast, those are like my favorite episodes to listen to. So I've been, um, listening to the podcast and doing the work for about a year now. And I'm just getting so frustrated because I have so much, like my whole life has been trauma essentially. So I feel like And maybe this is a victim mentality for thinking this way, but I feel like I have to try so much harder than the average person to even manifest like a $1 bill on the ground because I have so much programming of like, it's very layered and complex. So I'm just getting really discouraged. And I'm like, I, I don't want to always feel like I'm a project that I need to work on and seeing little payouts Um, and things like that. So I must be like, I don't know. I feel like something's wrong with me that I can't even do the work right. And I'm just getting very like disappointed. Yeah. You're just like so discouraged and tell me like, so, um, like, so actually that last little bit that you just said, it feels like, I'm like, that actually might be a core narrative for you. (laughs) Um, the, tell me again what that last, that last little bit you said, you said, I can't basically, are you feeling like, are you feeling like, um, it's almost like, I almost like heard you say, you didn't say this exactly, but it's almost like I'm permanently damaged or I can't get it right or something like that. Like, it's just, no matter how much I do, like, this isn't just, this isn't going to work for me. I'm not going to be able to heal. Is that kind of the, yeah. Okay. So you're in, you're in the top category. So when we have, when there's someone that has had a lot of trauma where they're just feeling like, so um, so beat down, there is a core narrative of like, I'm permanently damaged and it, yeah. And like, you didn't use those exact words, but it feels like, um, actually that's like your biggest piece to unblock would be that narrative of I'm permanently damaged, you know, just the fact Lauren, that you've been doing this for a year. I'm like, the, you give your give yourself a little bit of give give yourself more than just a little bit of credit here because that's like someone that has really really high high trauma I mean if I, if I'm completely honest they are you know they're the addicts on the streets you know where they're just that but the fact that you are opening up your mind and are a seeker and somebody that is exploring and doing this work you're doing the work but you're frustrated I'm like you're not, you're not, you're not, you got to give yourself some credit because I think you're, you're actually farther than you think you are. Thank you. That that. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a healthy enough person to even ask for help. So the fact that you even booked this appointment, you have to be healthy enough. (laughs) 
you can't be permanently damaged. So that makes sense. If you're asking for help, some people that are just so, so stuck, they don't even ask for help. I'm sure there's people in your life that think that they don't need therapy and they're the ones that need therapy so much more than you do. That's true. That's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So give yourself some credit. I think you're just a little bit discouraged. Yeah, I'm I'm exhausted. Like I'm tired of always feeling like what's next. You know, I, I just I'm at my life where I wanna be living my purpose and I just feel so unfulfilled every day I wake up. I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And sometimes you have to like kind of crawl through the mud a little bit and 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 to get to the other side, but you're you're just uh, you're a little bit in a rut. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're wanting to manifest? Like, I'm curious. Yeah, sure. So, with the help of Salwa, who is just yeah. like a queen, I yeah. she's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful coach. If you could tell Lacey that, like she yeah. she every time I have a session with her, I have so much insight and clarity afterwards. So I started working with her in yeah. January of last year and with her help and my own work, I manifested my only manifestation really of the year of doing the work is, um, my job, my current job. That's huge. Um, yeah, it was huge. It was a big salary increase. My first director position. I was, I was so happy, but unfortunately, um, six months in, like I am sexually harassed every single day. Um, there's a lot of bullies. It's just like very toxic to so it's right. so it was a manifestation and a test. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Naturally. Um, so right that. now, <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? I think that the the tests and the manifestations sometimes, or it's like an expander and a test. It's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Current. But um, right now, what I've been trying to manifest since June is getting a remote job. So that I can move to Europe. I would love to live in Europe for a year or two and just gain some independence, get some freedom um, and work online remotely. Because unfortunately, I'm not in the financial circumstance where I could just not work for a year or two. Like that would be awesome. But I have to pay my student loans, debt and all my bills. Um, So that's my main manifestation that I'm working on is finding an aligned virtual job. And then when I get that job moving to Spain and amazing amazing okay yeah it is like it is um yeah I I totally understand that frustration when you get your first big manifestation and then you're like f this was actually a test oh I I I had that I've had that many times um so that's you're normal (laughs) like that's that's normal that's like just like part of the process and there's a little bit too of it like it built up your trust muscle enough where you can now see that you could have something like that and you want it more aligned. So it sounds like too, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're stepping into your boundaries with work with the harassment. Yeah, I've tried. Um, I tried to report someone, unfortunately that went nowhere because he's in the union. So he's like untouchable. They said, if I wanted to pursue the complaint, then I would most likely end up being fired. So, um, that's how strong the union is like at my job. It's crazy. So, um, I've been followed out to my car. I've had like people touch me, make comments about wanting to impregnate me. It's just like never ending. And, um, it's a very, 
like toxic work environment. The job itself is awesome, but um, I just don't feel safe or comfortable going to work. And I would love to find something virtual because I, when I did work remote, I loved it. And then it gives me also that freedom to move around and get out of my house. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's interesting. To, so like, it's more of a, yeah. Um, there's a little bit of, I mean, an opportunity for you to put in the correction here. I'm, I'm, it was your trauma around sexual abuse when you said you had a lot of trauma. Yeah. So it was mostly um, sexual abuse and domestic violence. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then it's so weird that then that's what's still coming in this new job. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just basically there, there's just that, um, I mean, obviously that's like a, that's not even a, that's like a immediate no, any abuse is an immediate no for you to get out of. Um, I don't know if you have an FU fund. I don't know what your options are to get out of where you're at. Um, but you need it, like you might even need to leave this one and get a bridge job where there's no, that that's not happening. Um, because I'm like, it is serious. Like, that's just not something that you mess with when, when there's abuse there, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have enough. I used my FU fund a couple years ago. Um, I had to do a, um, a capstone project for my master's. So I had to quit my job. And when I tried getting another job, no one would hire me. So I was out of work for a year, not getting unemployment. So my whole FU fund was, you know, whatever used. So I I don't have one. Um, I have been looking for a bridge job because I'm like, if I can't get a full-time online job, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll do part-time as a bridge, but 300 applications later, no one wants to hire me. So it's been also like, hitting my core wound of I'm not good enough and rejection, like all the rejection has been, it's hard to not take it personally. Um, So I'm not sure what other options I have. I'm just feeling like helpless at this point, because I know you can't really manifest from desperation, but it's hard to not feel that desperation when you're in such a circumstance, you know, feeling like, like incredibly vulnerable right now is what's happening. You're feeling like really, 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 really vulnerable and scared. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking of like multiple things. I'm trying to figure out like what would be the most helpful for you, but like you're like the, the, the trauma, like the, 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 all of the childhood trauma, have you done any, like, have you worked with a therapist regarding the abuse that happened to you and all of that? Like, have you done any EMDR or somatic work or anything around it? Never really somatic work. Um, but I have done EMDR. I've been in therapy since I was 13 and I'm 28 now. So I've been in therapy for 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like there's um, that. So you do have a core narrative of I'm permanently damaged. So I would, you, I, I would take that core narrative with an EMDR therapist and work, work with somebody on that. Um, I, I know, T, I mean, I know TBM is just like when someone, when there's been abuse in their past, like they're like work with a therapist or work with somebody. So I'm like, I would take 
I would, I, I would, you do need to work through that core narrative. I would say with somebody that does EMDR um, to do, just to clear that. Cause like that would be just huge when you can go, I'm not permanently damaged. I have choices. Like um, I'm healing. Like I'm in the process of healing. I've healed a lot. It's not that you haven't healed at all. Like you've, you've actually done a lot of work and have had a lot of healing. You're frustrated because you've just got a bunch of different, you know, you know, got beat up in some gnarly tests in the way and are are in a bit of a rut, but you know, I'm, I guess I'm just pointing out that like you aren't permanently damaged because look at how far you've come. I mean, even the fact that you're in a master's program, Lauren. Um, I was, I'm, I'm actually in a PhD program now. I yeah, finished that's my master's. That's, Thank that's, you. Somebody that is permanently damaged, they don't, they don't do PhD programs. <laughs> I just want to point out some, you know, they don't, they don't. Thank you. You know. <laughs> Um, but I know that, that you really, like, I could tell you that, but it's in your heart that you do feel that way. I get that, but that's something that, um, let me just look at this list here. Yeah. So the, the positive cognition to I'm permanently damaged is I am, and I can be healthy, like absolutely like believing that on a soul level, not just on a head level. Cause I know you could hear that in, but it's, it's really being able to integrate that of there are ways right now where you already are very healthy. Like you have to be a healthy enough person to ask for help. You have to. And so you're already there with that. And then there's ways that you can be healthy. Right. Right. And, and um, that you're growing in that. Um, and, and there's these kind of different levels of, that we can get to, like, part of me, it feels like the, you know, the journey, uh, the inward journey is like never ending, you know, it's not just like one, it's not like we ever arrive, but there's definitely these levels that we can get to of stability and health. And you've already are somebody that has already that you're, you're farther, farther along than you think and that you give yourself credit for. Um, but I hear you that that core narrative, I'm permanently damaged and that the abuse still has a grip on you, right? The past trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And you can absolutely heal those core wounds. Like those are not, that is absolutely possible, you know? And it sounds yeah. like you've already done a ton of work on yourself too. I have, but I feel like um, I still attract just abusive people everywhere I go, not just relationships, but coworkers, friends. So it's it's kind of like, oh man, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's just, it gets to a point where I feel like I'm hitting my head against a wall, no matter how much work I do. Sure. Yeah. I know you're just like discouraged. So, I mean, a lot of this is like a lot of like boundary work. Um, there, um, like, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of boundary work right now, but in order to have, in order to set boundaries, we have to have healthy self-worth, like health, uh, your ability to set boundaries is an equal correlation to your self-worth, right? Um, 
but it sounds like there's, um, like that might be actionable step wise, like people that you go, okay, people like that you start setting, you know, that you kind of take a really, um, like that you, that you get a little bit more, um, intentional with all the boundaries of anybody like where is it leaking that you just like take a look at everything and everyone and you start cutting out and then you're going to be tested whether it's like friendships or co-workers or whatever and you know no one's there's a difference between toxic and then just like a normal human being that that is gonna right you know yeah <laughs> be able to go okay who do I who do I need to let out and who do I let in you know it feels like that's like a uh you know, a first step. Yeah, I agree. I I just, I feel like this year has been a lot of loss for me. Um, And I was journaling on this the other day. And I think it was one of the journal prompts from the boundaries workshop in TBM. It said like, what is my greatest fear with setting boundaries or something? And I said, that if I start setting boundaries with people, I'm going to have no one left in my life. Like I feel oh, like. Oh, totally. So that, yeah, that was like yeah. underneath the fear of setting boundaries is that like, I'm just, I don't have many people in my life and the people that are in my life are going to, I'm going to lose them from setting boundaries. You know what? I relate to that so much. I remember um, I, I've been there before where I did like um, there was a point where I had to cut out a lot and I did feel alone for a little while. And then a, a flood of people then that that were able to meet me. It was almost like this like magic dark, if you will. So that actually might be true. There might be a point where, you know, um, there's sometimes where it's like you do have to cut out a lot and there's some people where you're like they're not toxic but they're also not able to meet you in the same way right and they're like um I'm gonna draw a little diagram here but like there's if you're in the middle and there's like different kind of levels like level one two three four there's some people that your inner circle friends that you might need to move to level two or level three and you might like there's different tiers of like friendships of levels of right and so there's some people right now where you might they might be an inner circle person that you have to move to a second tier or a third tier and then there's sometimes people especially with friendships sometimes people then they enter healing journey or whatever and then they're people that were on your fourth tier moved to third moved to second moved to inner circle you know it's like it's kind of um inner outer it's just kind of a little bit of a flow but it sounds like there's a little bit of like it almost like I don't want to be abandoned I don't want to be alone so I don't want to cut out right and and that's where it's like um that's a lot more like inner child to say when you're really really present to you you're not alone when you're really, really, really present to you and seeing you, you, you can't be alone. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. And so there might be times that we're like temporary. We have less inner circle people than we do other times because we're up leveling and we do need to kind of do a clearing of people. And those are so, it's painful. It's really, really painful 
but there's, there is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there's sometimes this piece of like, I know I'm doing the right thing and I know something's going to be better for me on the other side. So this is a little bit of like a kind of a trust muscle of, I know these people aren't good for me. And so I'm going to clear that space and I'm going to call in, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to set these boundaries and, you know, maybe there are people that you were, you only see very occasionally, depending on what they're, where they're at, what kind of influence, like, you know, it's almost like asking yourself, like, how do I feel after an energy exchange mm-hmm. with that person? Do I feel uplifted? Do I feel brought down? What did that person make me feel? And, um, but yeah, it sounds like there's some more kind of just housekeeping you got to do, you know? Yeah, I think I have a really hard time with grief. Um, My whole life, it's been probably the hardest emotion for me to feel because I was adopted and then my father died when I was a teenager. So I've always felt kind of alone my whole life. So I keep people in my life that don't deserve a space there almost because it's easier for me to keep them there than it is for me to go through the heartbreak of losing them. So I think that that's been a challenge for me as well. Totally, totally. Yeah, so like I'm hearing more, so just more abandonment wounds. It sounds like it's all like ultimately this is like codependency. You know, it's like you would rather keep a toxic person or somebody that's not great for you than be alone because the abandonment wound is so core. Yeah you know, and, um, do you, have you done any, like any, have you gotten any resources for any codependency stuff, codependent, no more coda groups or anything like that? I've read like all the books. Um, I used to go to coda. Okay. Okay. Awesome, Lauren. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a longer journey because like codependency is such a, it's such a, you know, it's more of a, it's a little bit more tricky, like understanding how deep that self-abandonment goes. And sometimes the deeper education, the more we understand like all the layers and all the nuances of it, you know, but yeah, it feels like it's, this is like at the core of it is like, there's a, uh, almost like an abandoned inner child that really, really, really needs your attention. And she needs you to speak some good to her. You know, she really needs, like, it's almost like your adult self now needs to go to her and say, honey, I know that you are so scared and so exhausted and you think you're permanently damaged and you feel like you're not good enough. And she needs you to uh, really meet her and say, I'm not going to leave you. So we're not going to have we're not going to have the same amount of friends that we did right as we did a month ago, right? We're going to, I'm going to take care of you. We're going to kind of clean house a little bit. We're going to find you some better friends. We're going to find you a better work environment. You know, we're going to like, we're going to get you to, you know, it's like you need to kind of help her, uh, you know, meet, meet her daily, you know, um, to kind of pull her through, you know? I agree. <laughs> That's what Salva said a couple of weeks ago. She said, this is all inner child. So it is, 
Yeah, it all, it all is. Yeah. And you're doing really good, Lauren. Like you really, like you, like you need to give yourself more credit. And it's a weird thing when it's like, there's more like after, you know, we've done like a year of work, we're like, fuck, we're barely scratching the surface and it can be really overwhelming. Um, but you are on the right path and you will absolutely feel you're craving this inner sense of security and peace and self-love like a very, very, you're, you're hungry for it. Um, and you are, on, you will get that like, you know, like you, you will get that. You keep, keep on it, but you're really having to like meet yourself uh, at a very, very core level and really get cutthroat about protecting your little girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The um, security for me is huge. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever felt secure, like, physically emotionally financially <laughs> like ever in any relationship um I did do something really really hard recently though that I ended up uh getting out of a two-year relationship in July that it was just it was really re-traumatizing in the sense that I thought it was gonna be like a corrective experience and then after I let my guard down and really opened up to him because I was in a relationship when I was 21 that um, I got a traumatic brain injury from. He tried to kill me and it was just the most traumatic experience of my life. So I, I didn't date for a long time. And then I dated my ex and I feel like as soon as I became vulnerable with him, he just like clockwork turned abusive and let me know that like I was too damaged to for him to love me and until I became perfect and he couldn't accept me so after two years in July I finally got out of the relationship and um good for you, you. know oh, thank you it usually takes seven attempts for a woman to leave an abusive relationship it took about four or five good for, for him good yeah for you. and um good job. I, that's I thought that congratulations thank you I guess I just feel like I don't know not no I didn't even manifest anything after I got out of that relationship so I just felt like it's true I'm not even good at the work <laughs> no 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 there's something called I've, I've had this before where I passed some very very significant tests and then I had nothing come through maybe even for a year later, but when it came through, it was like a fire hose. And she actually explained this to me. She was like, it was, it's basically like stored. It's almost like a magnetism bank account where it just gets stored and stored and stored and stored. And then it just like, woof, it opens. So it's not always like I did this and the next week this came through. It's not always like that, but trust, trust that it does get stored and that you are very much on the right path. And, you know, whatever comes in, you know, it's just a mirror to our subconscious self-worth. So that guy, he was a mirror to your subconscious self-worth and your conscious self-worth is just like, yeah, I deserve abuse. That's what, you know, your subconscious self, that's what she believed that she deserved, which is bullshit, right? You don't, you don't ever deserve abuse ever, 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 ever. 
And so that is, you know, it's like your inner child doesn't know that your subconscious inner child doesn't know that that's why you need to spend a ton of time with her really making contact with her where you can just like, um, you know, where she can, I mean, where she starts feeling like the most secure child on the planet. I don't know if you have like a, do you have a, maybe a picture of yourself at like, I don't know why the age of five or three to four or five that come. Okay. So I would love for you to get a picture of yourself and put it on your phone. And anytime that you are feeling grief, that was a hard one emotion for you, right? or you're triggered or feeling whatever, I want you to look at her and I want you to just talk to her. Okay. I will literally want you to pick up and just be like, and, and again, if this is just a little child and I'm sure you were so cute and so sweet and I want you to look at her and it's just a little girl where you, you, you know, when you're around a little child, you, you get on your knees because you're a big giant and you get down their level and you go, and it's more of like a, hi, sweetie. Hi. And it's just like, tell me about you. And they're so precious and you're so precious. So I want you to just, you're going to get down on her level. And I want you to really start talking with her. You know, she didn't choose to be adopted. Okay. She did not choose that, you know, and there was nothing wrong with her. She's perfect. She's, this is a perfect little child. And so for you to be able just to see her and meet her and like, I'd love for you to visualize like holding her, listening to her, a very sweet little girl voice, talk to you, you know, what she's into, what she likes, like, this is a very precious little girl that did not deserve the hard things that she went through. That was not her fault. That deserves to be loved and valued and respected. And when you can really make contact with her heart and with her soul, you're not going to let her be disrespected anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's um a funny thing, you know, even like as a therapist, I would, you'd always hear about inner child, inner child. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But there's another thing to really feel and really see yours, you know? Yeah. And that, that's what I want you to do. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. totally I want to get to the point where your inner five-year-old inner three-year-old is the most secure confident sparkly little thing that you've ever I mean she's just bulletproof like she just won't like she just she loves herself so deeply that it's like nothing can get you know she feels so secure with you 
that nothing could get past her. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, but it's mm-hmm. scary for me because at the age of six years old, I was suicidal. I don't remember ever liking myself. I, I'm a writer and I've written my whole life and I have journals of when I was in first grade saying, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I hate myself at six years old. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. You didn't feel, (laughs) I mean, how can a six-year-old, I mean, we can understand as adults why people give somebody up for adoption. You know, sometimes it's actually the most loving thing a parent can truly like, thank God. Yes. But like your six-year-old little brain could not comprehend that. But all that, all you're a six-year-old to goes is I must be so terrible that my own parent wouldn't want to raise me. Like she could not comprehend it when you are just the most, you know, cutest, precious little thing. <laughs> like There was literally nothing wrong with you. Like literally. And when I mean nothing, I mean nothing wrong with you. You know, so your six-year-old brain doesn't one has zero resources, you know, has this deep abandonment wound. Of course she's suicidal. That makes sense. You know, a child, you know? So, you know, but there is, and, and I think when you go back to, when you can see that, you know, you were, you know, honestly a perfect little girl, like truly a perfect little girl. There's just nothing wrong with you. And you can really see that, you know, that you are a survivor of trauma in early, early childhood. And the fact that right now that you are 28 and deeply on a spiritual seeker journey and um, are in a PhD program and as lovely as you are, like you you know, give (laughs) give yourself some credit, you know, but it, to me, this is just like the universe is like, make contact with little Lauren. Like that's it's, she needs, she needs your deep love and deep attention. Yeah. Yeah. She just was in a shame pit in, in her, her, you know, in a six-year-old brain, they're experiencing this enormous amount of shame for being rejected, even though it was out of love, you know, it wasn't personal. And your way of comprehending that was suicide, which makes perfect sense, you know, but uh, yeah. you can see that now, right? Yeah. yeah, now I see it, but <laughs> I wish that, um, I don't know, that I could have been raised differently. Because oh, yeah. My home life was just, it was hard. Yeah. It was not affirming, even more shaming, very invalidating. So yeah. I just. Your adoptive parents were hard people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You know, did you ever read um, Shalina Ayana's book, The Becoming the One? I've heard of it, but I've never read it. Uh, Well, I mean, that's her story. She was in Foster. Um, I think you should read this one. I'm getting like a, you got to hear her story. It's like similar to yours. Um, 
if, write it down. Yeah, she's, um, it looks like this. Okay, I'm going to look, Shalina, okay. Yeah, her story, I mean, literally was abandoned by her mom. We grew up in foster homes, and she's one of the most, I mean, she's a, a freaking amazing in the levels of work that she's had to do on herself. Uh, like she's just freaking brilliant, you know, and so dynamic. Um, but it's like, yeah, it sounds like you went through the the ringer, but you, you know, it's amazing to see that you are, you know, you're on the path you're on. It's just, you got to just keep going, keep going. Like, don't, I know you're discouraged. I don't want to say don't get discouraged because you're allowed to be discouraged, but you're, you're on the right track. I just, it's like your inner child just needs everything that's being mirrored back to you is just showing that your inner child subconscious self-worth is still low, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you in a PhD program for? Psych, (laughs) clinical psych. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But it's like even telling you that like I feel embarrassed and like shame because I feel like imposter syndrome like I hate telling therapists that I'm in a PhD program for psych because I feel like I don't deserve to be there because I have so many issues bullshit that is just so false you absolutely do the people I mean to me you know actually what's that book there was a book I read when I was like probably around your age, but it was like the wounded healer, something like that. It was something about the wounded healer, but everyone, every single person that enters this profession, we all have a fascination for the human spirit and resiliency and healing and healing ourselves. And to be honest, like there are like, we can only take people as far as we've gone. So you're you know, for you, I'm like, you're in a, you're your first client. I was my first client, you know, and so you're your first client. There's zero shame in saying that you'll be a phenomenal uh, psychologist one day. Um, and you're just, you just, you know, the more that you, you know, it's like, you, again, you're your first client. So you've got to help her overcome her core narrative that she's permanently damaged. And you've got to help her make contact with her inner child, you know, and um, you, you know, you'll be phenomenal. Like as you heal you, you'll have, you, then you actually have not just book knowledge, but you'll add, there's something that people will feel within you that they'll go, that they'll resonate with. They won't be able to articulate it. They'll be like, they'll know that you have something to offer them because you've done it yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Uh, yeah. Your, your story, your life isn't a, a mistake. It happened, you know, like it's, um, Yeah you'll have a lot, a lot to offer. You already do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it's just, it's hard to believe that with 
the current circumstances, like with the job thing, I, I feel like I don't have anything to offer. And that's why I've been rejected by 300 plus employers. Cause I just, um, I don't understand, you know, like I, I thought I did have something to offer, but then if no one sees it, it's, you've got to see difficult. it. You've got to yeah. see it. You've got to see it. That's where the energetics are so bizarre, where you need to see that you have worth and that you have value and that you're good enough right now. Um, at some point we have to, we have to realize like we've got our shit. We're not perfect, but we have enough to offer. It's not like you're gonna, if you're waiting to, for yourself to be at perfection, you'll never go anywhere, you know? And so, and at some point, even as a therapist, um, you have to go like, okay, I don't know everything, but I know enough, you know, I, I, I do have something to offer, you know? And so that's right now it's like, yeah, you're, you're 28, you know, like that's really young. And also, you also know a lot too. So there's this, there's this little bit of like, um, I, I, I know I can be responsible. I know I can be, I have this to offer. I have whatever, you know, and, um, I'm not perfect, but I'm good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind of jobs are you looking for? It's it's difficult right now because I'm in this like weird situation where my PhD program, I have two years left. So I got my master's in psych, mm -hmm. but it's not a clinical licensure that I have yet. Um, so no one, it's hard to find an online job in mental health when you don't have your LMSW or your LMFT. So um, I've been looking into, you know, social service jobs, um, like Do you need anything at this point, really any, anything, writing, HR, like whatever, even things I don't care to do. I'm just like, I need something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Huh. Oh, I'm curious, like your process too, going back to like how you manifest it. And to me, it's like, I'm so like, I'm so curious, like what you did to like your own, looking at your own patterning of how you manifested this job you're in now, like that would be something to like nitpick apart. Um, but to me, like you spending a lot of time with your inner child, like like a lot of time, like I'd be like, and you validating that you do have something to offer and that you are good enough and really being in your worth that way. I'm like, you're going to, you're going to get, you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it will come. Yeah. You know, yes, eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other thing too, um, just one more tool. I'm like, I want you to get that, those pic early pictures of yourself. The other thing I'd love for you to do too is, um, with your, are you right-handed? Yeah. Okay. So with your right hand, let's say that you write to, um, six-year-old Lauren. So let's say you go, hi, six-year-old Lauren, I'm thinking of you. I would love to hear back from you. And then you have with your left hand, then you could go, it's going to look like a child's hand, but it connects to the emotional center of your brain. And you could go, 
you're going to write from your six-year-old self and she's going to say, I feel sad. I feel not good enough. And that's where you get to then go in and see her and say, hi, you know, hi, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. You are so sad. I think you are just the most perfect, beautiful, smart little girl. You are so resilient. I know it doesn't make sense, but you got to trust me that you're so amazing and that this abandonment had nothing to do with you. And I'm going to get you through it. I'm going to be with you now. Even if your parents aren't there for you, I'm going to be there with you and really start connecting with her. Um, you know, could be a really beautiful tool, you know, uh, just to start talking. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's cool. I'll do that for sure. Yeah, I think if I would have heard that even once growing up, that would have made me feel a lot safer. But oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and telling her that you're going to protect her, you know, that like, you're not going to let anybody abuse her ever, or talk harshly with her or, you know, that you have her back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting just emotional hearing the words. <laughs> yes, it's a sign of kind of where you need to go with your heart, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I could do that. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's so hard. Keep going. Like, I really see. I really see your light, like keep going. Yeah. Mm. I will. <laughs> yeah. Any last thought or anything last thought for today? Um, no, I think I'll just work on, cause you're the second person telling me this now this month. I mean, it was Salwa that said do inner child workshop and now you're saying the inner child. So I think it's a sign that, I need to return back to the inner child work and do the healing there first, instead of focusing on, oh, when I get the job, then I'll feel validated. Oh, when this happens, then I'll feel good. Like it starts inside first. Yeah, it's so wild. It's always inside out. Like always, like when we try to control our external, like that's one for me. I keep, I've gotten hit on the head by so many times where I'm, whenever I'm stuck, it's like, oh, it's inside first, then out. And that's truly how it yeah. works. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's true. I know. It's so wild. It's like the hard, it's like, it's hard to hear a person then it's kind of liberating because it's like, all right. Let, let me do this yeah you know? and and really 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 be with her you know mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah totally you know what I'm like realizing because I'm like we started late and I was thinking I had a client right after you but I actually have a tiny bit of break so I'm like if you still I still want to give you oh. your is there thank you Janelle yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, rather than this and reaching out to me, because that could be hard. Let's like, let's just keep going for another 10 minutes here. But um, thank you. Yeah, of course, it's your time. Um, let tell me what else too. I'm thinking um, like, um, 
just because I'm staying on the topic of inner child, because that's where everything lies. Like maybe tell me a little, could you tell me a tiny bit, maybe more that comes up for you around inner child for you? Yeah. Um, so I guess since it's fresh, what I was working on with Salva was a lot of my tests come in the form of relationships. I'd say like all of my tests. So she connected the dots for me that growing up, I was afraid of my dad. Um, and now in romantic relationships as an adult, I always attract people that are uh, scare me, make me feel unsafe. Um, and that I, I have this inner narrative that I have to endure abuse and trauma and people being mean to me because that's what love is. Love is forgiving someone anyway. Love is taking abuse. Love is hurt. Love is pain. Love is feeling bad about yourself. So I learned that as a, as a kid because my parents were not emotionally or physically available. I was scared of my dad. You know, my mom used to physically abuse me that I learned that's what it means to be loved. Mm-hmm. So that's a pattern that's replayed throughout my whole life. So good that you have the awareness around that. That is huge. Totally. And really to like remedy it though, is still just, you know, like, um, yeah, it's still just going in. Like you could write a letter to your 13 year old self, your 14 year old self, like, and again, writing back from a 13 year old, but this is where it's like just purely just loving on this girl that is just, she's just any behavioral things that had happened to you. I don't know if you have any shame around, like, do you, did you feel like as a child, were you really passive or were you acting out or what were you like? Yeah, I had severe mental illness at like 13 years old. I, I acted out impulsively and like also um like implosively as well I started cutting myself in eighth grade um by the time I was 14 I was throwing up every day I I had an eating disorder for so long um and just severe depression but since my dad was sick he had cancer my whole life essentially my mom couldn't help me like I I took myself to the school psychologist in seventh grade because I was like something's not right with me and my parents won't help me so I have to do it myself that's incredible (laughs) amazing that you did that so there well even then there was something in you I mean you were so to me when I hear that I'm like you were in so much pain you had no it's so ironic you're like you literally had no safe person around you kind of how like today you're like, I think everyone's unhealthy. I'm like, mm, it could have, like, that's could be true, you know, but you were resilient enough, even as a seventh grader where you were looking for safety, you were looking for comfort, you were looking for connection, you know? So that's pretty remarkable too, that, you know, but all of that acting out, all of the shame you have around that, there's just a response to your, your emotional environment. That's all that was like, that's nothing for you to carry shame around for, you know, I want to like, that's something, even when you think back and you go, Oh my God, but I was so it's like, no, 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 no. You were a child responding to your environment and a story. 
you know, there, there's, um, you know what I'd love for you to watch. Um, you could download it. You can only download it on your computer, but there's a movie by Gabor Mate called the wisdom of trauma. Okay. Let me type that one too. (laughs) The wisdom of trauma, wisdom of trauma by Gabor Mate. It's so freaking good. I love, like, I'm, he's like, uh, I'm obsessed with all of his work, but that will just like that. I think that will be huge for you to listen to because I think what's happened is like, you know, no needs of like love, safety, um, acceptance, attunement, you had zero emotional needs met. And so you're like, ah, you're, you're, you're eating disorder. You're all these things because no, no, zero emotional needs are being met. And I also feel like you're probably a very highly sensitive person too, which makes it even worse to be in an, you know, an environment where none of those needs are being met. So you're just, you're just, these are all of those times where you were acting out as a child or teenager. Those are just responses to what was happening internally. That's it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I used to dissociate at a really young age too. My parents would call it freezing and I would get hit with the belt and like punished for days locked in my room. And the only place I felt safe was in my own imagination. So um, I, I, you know, I understand it now, but back then I was like, something is truly deeply wrong with me. Well, there's a, you know, saying that like, disassociation is like God's gift to abuse children because it's like you were able to go nothing safe, but I, you were able to find safety in here. Um, it was the way it's a, you know, it's an amazing way to cope, but now as an adult, like you could probably yeah. easily and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I actually can create safety. Now I get to say who's in my life, how they talk to me, all those things right now. It's like, yeah, like that. I mean, you know, I want you to get cutthroat protective of your little girl where you're like friends that are toxic or really any of that, that you just go, nope. And, you know, recognize that they're just people hurt people, hurt people. It's not personal of why they're treating you that way. They're acting out of their own wounding, but that's still like your inner, your little girl never got the love that she deserves. And you are going to, you know, really meet her and love on her so well that she just feels like, you know, that again, she becomes the most securely attached child, you know, (laughs) goals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Where you don't let her date abusive guys ever. Like you're just that protective of her that you're like, nope, nope, you know, or have mean friends that don't. So, you know, that you just get, that you're so protective of her um, that you just don't, you know, you don't allow that to happen anymore for her. Yeah. 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 One day. <laughs> I'll keep working on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy you gave me those resources because I love watching and hearing and reading things about all that stuff. So for sure, check that out. Totally. Yeah. The wisdom of trauma is gold and becoming the one I think you'll love both of those so much. And then literally just 
get those pictures out each age right you know right with that left hand um and then real like like talk to her like so kindly and so gently um you know really like really really needing her and it y'all you'll shift you'll feel that like it, it will it will become easy for you to set boundaries when you really deeply make contact with her you know okay. not like a spiritual bypass like just quickly doing the work you got to really feel in and make contact with and sit with her you know and it might be yeah. even when you do these exercises that you start crying and if you do like just you know like just hug yourself you know uh know that there's people like you know it's like I wish I could be with you in that moment or (laughs) you can recognize what that the significance of but know that there's people that um see your pain they get it and that they're cheering you on and just be with that little girl and just you know soothe her regulate her and you'll you'll feel it you'll feel a shift you know yeah it's really funny because I've always heard Lacey say in her interviews with people that the work that they avoid doing the most is the one they probably need the most and now I'm just like I've always hated doing inner child work and I guess that speaks to the fact that maybe that's the one I should focus on (laughs) all of it that's all of it for you is just getting her to be so secure and safe and happy where you can just see gosh, this was just this innocent, beautiful, dynamic little girl that went through really hard, some like brutal, brutal circumstances and none of it had to do with her. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, it was so lovely meeting you. I you too, Janelle. You're you're like a beautiful light. I I really appreciate speaking with you. This is really like comforting. Like my soul just feels calm and soothed. Good. I'm so I'm so glad you reached out. I love especially like anybody else in the field. But I'm it's amazing. Like be so proud of yourself for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you're so welcome. Oh. Well, you reach out anytime, anytime. If you, if you ever wanted to do an intensive or unblocking session again, just reach back out. I'd love to meeting with you. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. I hope that I'll see you again one day in the future.